play the fight song. Welcome into a beautiful Sunday, right after a college football week. A good week, a great week. Tons of good games, tons of possible upsets, a couple that fell just short, and some really good games that really are shaping what we're going to see at the top 10 and on the top of all these conferences, especially at the Power 5 level. You fellas had very different weekends. Schaefer, I think you were in Ames, and from my understanding is maybe a little too much fun in Ames. And Parks, me and you stressed out early on Saturday. Correct. So, I mean, baseball, not college football, is a tough one for the O's to take. The plan right now is we're recording this again. We're going to mm-hmm. be all right. But, Shaver, you got off to a hot start. You said you ingested more fireball than you should. And me and Parks were stressing damn near in tears, really. So, like, there's a difference between how our weekend started. Well, I mean, goes to show, don't have a baseball team, and that won't be a problem. Uh, You probably should get one. Second, the Twins. Twins are my team. Twins twins (laughs) win. Twins win. Twins wins all all the time. Couldn't tell you like more than two. It's got to be a bandwagon thing. Like you can't pick a team that's good. You have to pick a team that's awful. You have to be like a Royals fan. No, I went to like a, some games when I was a kid, and I was like, I like the stadium. This is a good team to root for. I've been to, like, you could be a not even in that stadium. I didn't go to the Metrodome. Oh. I went to the Target Field. I was like, could have been that or, far as a kid. I was like thirteen or something. Is know? it that it's old? Like, yeah, it's, it's like two thousand ten. Oh damn! Oh, you remember the yeah. year, huh? Yeah, because that two maybe two MLB two K ten bought the game for the new stadium. Anyways, if you guys ever play the Bigs, fuck the Bigs. Mm. Don't ever play Schaefer. Yeah, I'm goaded. I'm goaded. <laughs> Good story. Uh, <laughs> no, fine. Uh, yeah, it was a great day yesterday. Probably had too much fun. Had some had some celebratory drinks before, during, and after celebratory before. <laughs> yeah, we were cel- we were just celebrating. The boys were being back together. Uh, then just, yeah, great game all around. And now I'm hung over Sunday after victory hey, Saturday. Perfect. So. Jake, I don't know if I, I didn't look at the document, but can we address, did the Iowa state uniforms in person also look like they were not wearing pants? Cause it no. looked like most of your linemen were not wearing the pants. TV did not help them out. No, the no. TV, it was the TV lighting. I, I mean, and I guess probably the stadium lights, like it looked a yeah. little different on TV than under the lights. Like, it looked bad. It looked sharp when like the lighting was fine. Yeah. I don't know. It was, I didn't, was I didn't weird. touch, I didn't touch that uniform of the week. You could have it. I didn't, nobody took that. So it's all you. Yeah. Man. No. Would you Don't take it if I didn't actually have it? Would that be your no. uniform of the week? I would not have, I would not have because I was just, I didn't. I had one already in my mind, and I went pretty basic this week. But I figured double shout out for him. Hey, let's get into the recaps and storylines from the past week from big games. Again, apologies for last week's audio. We have no idea what happened. Our streaming platform and recording platform just like JPS dial up from nineteen twenty. That's what happened. It it's the one time I've had a problem, and it <laughs> caused an absolute ruckus. It was ridiculous. It sure did. We were, we were battling. Parks called me, and there's at one point a six-second gap between when Schaefer stopped talking and when I started talking, and literally nobody was saying a word. It was just, yeah, I don't like think, <laughs> I don't think the even the audio that they listened to did it justice of just how bad it was. Like that was very, very so edited. Like it was apparently you good. could hear everything I did, whether I took a breath or like I gathered myself. It sounded like I was That's just true. contemplating. Is tough. <laughs> before we talk <laughs> so we, really we apologize for that we did battle like hell and there's not much we could have done there um but let's get into the first big game let's start with the one 
that I think owned the weekend for a lot of reasons. Oklahoma beats Texas 34-30 in the Red River rivalry, Red River rivalry, uh, or shootout, whatever you want to call it. Man, I, I really thought Texas matched up a ton better, and it just was going to be a tough day for Oklahoma. Well, I didn't know Dylan Gabriel was going to go Heisman candidate on us and do what he did with over 100 on the ground and a really good day through the air as well. What did you guys see while watching this? I I just, for me, it was I didn't think Texas was as – they kind of shot themselves in the foot a little too much. They ran into the same issues that they had, and Oklahoma wasn't making mistakes. Yeah, I, I when Dylan Gabriel rushes for over a hundred yards, I think that can that offense will give that team almost a chance every game, or it doesn't really matter who they play. Uh, Venables has done a nice job, kind of revamp, revamping the defense this year. I thought they got. Ewers kind of in a blender, uh, especially that first quarter. He just did not 100%. look great. He was just making boneheaded plays. And yeah, and then down the stretch, that, that goal line stand probably turned out to be the deciding factor um, in the fourth <laughs> quarter. So the defense makes plays. Uh, that's it's definitely a top 20 defense. And, and when Gabriel can can do both running the ball and, and throwing the ball as efficient as he did last, last night, um, yeah, I, I think I'm willing to admit this team is – I don't know if they're a playoff team. I don't know if I'd throw them in the top five right now, but they are definitely – they're a legitimate team. I'll, yeah. I'm, I'm man well, enough to admit that. be your favorite to win the Big 12 at this point. And then I think the with the way the Big 12 happened this weekend, I think you're looking at that game being very possible again. Yeah. Right. And not schedule not the combo, but. down the stretch is as yeah. easy as it gets. It's like an early preview of rivalry week this game is because, you know, obviously it's the last week of the season, but it was so messy and beautiful at the beginning of the game with fake punts, block punts, mm-hmm. interceptions, like trick plays. It was great. I mean, you, this game gave you everything you could ask for and more. It was competitive all the way down to the wire. Um, what a play by Dylan Gabriel on that touchdown pass to end the game, the game-winning mm-hmm. touchdown pass. Yep. I mean, everybody, every other quarterback in football outside of Heisman contenders gets sacked there. So he, he put his name on the list for sure. Great football 100%. game. Couldn't have asked for more. Probably the best game that you're going to see in the Big 12 overall all year. Yeah, Texas loses the turnover battle by three, and they are brutal in the red zone. I think they had three trips into the red zone with three points total throughout those. That's not going to win you games. Not at big games. It won't win you a ton of regular games, whether, no matter who you're playing. Um, Dylan Gabriel doesn't go over 100 yards rushing. I don't think Oklahoma gets to 100 yards rushing, and they still win the game. So that is exactly what we call a crazy one for a rivalry week and a good one for to end the big 12 stint for these two. I, I personally think you'll see him again in the big 12 title for probably a playoff spot. If these didn't get out of the big 12 unscathed, I think if Oklahoma loses one, they'll be fine. But if Texas loses another one, I think you can uh, give other teams a chance into getting into the playoff and the big 12 title. That game started off the game or the day really well. Ohio state then beats Maryland 37 or 17. What did you see in this one? I, this one felt like Maryland was going to hang around, and towards the end, it kind of Ohio State methodically pulled away and kind of went the opposite way and ran the ball really well and just took the ball out of Tulia's hands, even though he was throwing a couple picks. Yeah, I, I, I think this Maryland team is, if they weren't in the East, I mean, this team is very legitimate. I think that they could, they would be clear and far between the best team in the West. Uh, I think the difference is with this team is I think that defense will give them a chance to to travel, uh, and it, yeah. it really gave them a shot in the first half. Um, Ohio State could never get the 
ground uh, game going. They could never run the ball. There's still some things on that Ohio State offense that I kind of am just a little concerned about. Um, and that's kind of the opposite of what former Ohio State teams have brought to you. This defense, this defense kept them in the game. They had the only I offensive touchdown, I think. This is one of the better defenses I've seen at that school in a really long time. Yeah. And they they're had, kind of a no-name bunch in some spots. But like Tumalula is a big name on the defensive line, but mm-hmm. they don't have superstars everywhere. Yeah, no, I, they gave him a – they kept him in the game in the first half. Uh, I thought Maryland kind of got up and down the field a little bit uh, in the first half, but really that defense put him in a stranglehold the second half, and it the offense finally woke up a little bit as as one would think an Ohio State offense should 100%. on a Maryland defense. So I had two notes on this game, quick Parks, and then uh, let me know. I have a question for Parks actually on this. Talia kind of threw picks another another interception game in a big game. He threw multiple. It feels like that happens anytime they have a chance to go win a big game at Maryland. And then it's okay for me. This is kind of leads it into my question. They didn't put the game on McCord, but he was really good. Didn't turn the ball over. Completions percentage well over 70. It's okay if you don't put the game on his shoulders and he performs well. But when you only run for 62 yards and you're 3-12 th- of 12 on third down, that's not going to win a ton. Parks, what needs to change or what did you see you're like, can they beat Penn State? Can they beat Michigan? Can they even win the Big Ten East? Yeah, I've actually I've had a couple occurrences where I found myself confused at Ohio State's play calling. I think their game plan was much different this week without Trevion Henderson. Um, mm. But they just, third and long, they like to do these little short routes, which, I mean, you have the wide receiver talent that Ohio State does. You have that option. But they just haven't been successful. McCord hasn't been making the throws when they when he really needs to, when they really come down to a third down, second and long that they need to get closer, make it third manageable, or just get a first down. They just I haven't seen the play calls, honestly, that Ohio State um, needs. But I think uh, Ohio State fan base is just kind of – I don't know if they're all in on this team yet, if they truly believe. Because you get yeah. quarterbacks leaving like Justin Fields and C.J. Stroud who are already successful in the NFL – uh, put an asterisk next to Fields, maybe, but uh, th- they're already seeing success in the NFL. It, it, Kyle McCord has big time shoes to fill. I don't think he's bad by any means. I think it's kind of a similar situation to Alabama, where you have such high talented quarterbacks for mm-hmm. so long that when a serviceable, still good one comes along, you're like, "Ooh, I don't think this guy's it." He's still very good, but I just think they they could make better play calls, and he just needs to. I think more comfort, more snaps, more reps, and, yeah. and they'll figure it out. 100 percent i i think like you were saying ohio state fans are either like ready to jump off the ship or they're cautiously cautiously optimistic like nice there you go words words i think it's there's a few of them that are very upset with the situation and won't take the wins but i think there's more that are taken for what it is i mean they're not seeing the same kind of offense like you said but i think they need to be okay with that let's roll into the next one in an absolute Oh my! This game went exactly how I thought it was going to go. LSU beats Missouri 49-39 in Como. Holy buckets, this was a fun time. I had the over in this, and I don't think I ever blinked at it. I, I'm sure at one point the live live line was over 100 and some. Uh, this was a blast. What did you guys see out of this? Did we expect this to go any differently? Like maybe you saw Missouri no. winning or covering, but did you expect this to go anywhere under this number? No, not not at all. Um I guess you could say there was a, there was a an opportunity to where I think Missouri could have won the football game. Like I wouldn't have been yeah. shocked if hit they had because we knew 
uh, what LSU brings defensively. Uh, but but no, nothing nothing surprised me about this game. I think LSU, Missouri is a. I think they match up better for Georgia. If I had to get into that There's competition about in that in that sentence out of you, if I, think if I had to pick out a team in the East that needs to try to beat Georgia to knock them off, maybe um, just because I think they have better weapons. Schrader, that Truman State kid, came out of nowhere. Yeah. He rushed for over a hundred yards. Um, you and you obviously know, like Luther Burden. I think I'm going to crown him as the best receiver in the SEC. I, I and I there might be a, argue with that. There might be one out of College Station or. Maybe maybe even Baton Rouge with Malik neighbors, but Luther Burden is just an absolute stud, and he did to that secondary what everybody thought it was going to be. But at the same time, Jaden Daniels has been just fantastic all year, so and this this LSU offense is not slowing down. Which that's that part that part is nice to see out of them. Just in the fourth quarter, outside of the late pick six, that kind of helped LSU cover in this one, twenty two to seven. LSU outscored Missouri. Missouri blew a lead in the fourth quarter. And two turnovers out of Brady Cook, man. And the, you just can't do that. Like, mm-hmm. even if you are at home in a close spread game, like in a team you're playing kind of maybe demoralized after a couple losses that they probably shouldn't have taken, you're like, he you can't turn the ball over. You, you had to. You needed everything you could get. And Vegas knew that when they threw the line out there, and we knew that going into it. Turnovers from them. Perks. Missouri one loss in the SEC could technically still get to the SEC title game. They need to be Georgia, like Jake is saying. Does this tell you more about LSU and how resilient they are after just the strangeness of their season, just giving up a billion points a week and just offense still, you know, knows the grindstone and getting after it? Or does it tell you more about Missouri? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have a ton of takeaways from Missouri. I think they're a team that's improving, just kind of like we said, all the way back in our previews and week to week. I think Drinkwitz is going to get it done there. I think he's a good coach. Dirkwitz or Drinkwitz? Why did I say Drinkwitz? Elijah Drinkwitz. Why, I'm mixing Drinkwitz. My, yeah, Drinkwitz. it's okay, good. I said it right. I got to mm-hmm. trust myself sometimes. But uh, I think he's going to get it done there. They're a better product than they've been in a while, other than that one random season. Um, but they're improving. I just think I took more away from LSU, to answer your question, that yeah. – is it? Am I watching LSU or am I watching Ole Miss? This, that is exactly what this team is. It's, <laughs> it's, it's if team that offense can outscore that shithole defense. I mean, you you put up 533 yards and give up 527. You won that battle. You had 25 first downs. You gave up 23. This is Ole Miss. I mean, it, it worked out this week, but I, they're not going to be successful in the long term unless they figure some things out on defense. But we said that every week, I feel like, about this team. Yep, and I'd be very happy if they got to an SEC title game and maybe backdoored their way into a playoff with two losses because I have them <laughs> yeah. in the college football playoff. <laughs> but other than that, I'm not confident in the West right now. And I, we're not get, we'll get to that one next after this UCLA-Wazoo game. UCLA wins at home 25-17 in front of 14 people that actually showed up to the Rose Bowl <laughs> to watch this one. Cam Ward did not look like himself, and he usually he's able to extend things and make plays downfield. This time, it kind of felt like when he was pressured and moved around the pocket and then got out of the pocket, it was bad decisions that came or missed throws. Um, It was rough for Wazoo for tough sledding in some spots. For me, and I really like Cam Ward, as we've said, and I like the Wazoo team, but I think they ran into the wrong team at the wrong time. This is a UCLA team that was probably looking forward to this week after a poor showing at Utah. Cam Ward neutralized. He went 19 for 39, 197, a touchdown, two interceptions, and Wazoo. 12 total yards rushing. 
12. Yep. That's, that's not going to win you games. I'm going to get it done. I wouldn't, I wouldn't just, not it. expect that team to go out there and, and try to rush for 150 yards, but you you would have thought that they would have gotten a little bit of a better effort. Um, I think Williams, their back, had like average two yards a carry or something like that. Ward had negative rushing, I probably mm-hmm. because of the sacks or, or sacks. whatever. But um, I know, JP, you and I talked about it. I think this was a good this was a good matchup for for UCLA. I think yep. we knew that they were going to be able to run the football. Uh, and and Steele had over 140 yards yeah. rushing. UCLA ran the ball like that's what they wanted to do, and you knew that's they keep Camor out the field, force him in mistakes under pressure, run the football down their throat, and they did all those. Yep, and doubled them in time of possession. Uh, almost 20 minutes over. Uh, they saw the the blueprint in that Oregon State game with Washington State, and I think they took advantage of it and still threw over 40 passes with, with Dante Moore had a couple of interesting picks, but uh, I think Young he's man. growing and I, I, I really like, I really like the kid. I, I think that that's, that's a good team. And yeah, like I said, I, I think Washington state still has a lot ahead of him, but that's a, that's a bad matchup for him. I would agree. Parks. I think these, both these teams have a lot in front of them and a lot of opportunity to still reach all their goals. So this stings. If you're Wazoo, this is a big builder if you're UCLA, but you're not getting out of the way of meeting three more teams down the road ranked and have a chance to win the conference. So what are you seeing? Yeah, they've got a tough schedule coming up, and I think you can take a lot away from this game just in the general speed of the game and how it went. I think if you look back, Washington State beats Wisconsin week two, but that's really the only time this offense was a little bit stagnant as well, right? These slower paced games really don't benefit that Washington State offense and Cam Ward. They they won that game. They put they still put up thirty one, but it was in a much more methodical way, just like this week. And that when they couldn't get it done, it's an offense that has to be high flying, high powered at all times, quick to the ball, kind of similar to Colorado. That's where they find their success. Mm-hmm. And ooh, words are hard. Uh, that's <laughs> where they find so their success. Hard. <laughs> um, but I just think, I think they're still a very good team. They, they run into a tough challenge next week at home against Arizona, who just showed the entire country, which we'll mention later that they're not to be messed with, right? There's some talent on that roster. So they got some big games coming up. Hopefully this doesn't make their season go downhill fast. I don't think it will. I think Cam Ward's a, a good talent. Yeah. So let's just move on from this. I feel, I felt terrible. I felt really good about that pick because I took them, uh, 17 I, to 12 mid third quarter. I was like, all right, we just need a couple touchdowns. It'll be good. I would have taken Wazoo, but the like, just the amount of people from the public that were on it and how popular it got, I go, I have to. I got to go the other way. I don't love it. I was not super confident in it. I just had to. And it worked out, and it ended up being my only ATS win from the board this week, actually. So <laughs> go me. On fire all of a sudden. Hey, let's go back to the SEC West, where I think in a lot of places and a lot of people think the SEC West was decided in College Station this Saturday. Alabama over A&M 26-20. How about Jalen Milrow? A little coming out party. Plays really good football. Hit plenty of passes downfield and was accurate. Now, is he still touchy in the pocket and like makes some weird decisions? Absolutely. I think there's an account that I was following looking at kind of the game film and different parts. And it was just Milrow has a tendency to do certain things that quarterbacks need to grow out of. And he just hasn't yet. But I think the West was won in College Station and it was not the Aggies. Yeah, that... I didn't see this scenario really happening in, in my mind where you need Milrow to throw it over 30 times. McClellan in the run game only rushes for technically with Milrow sacks, but this team rushed for 23 yards, 
23 yards, and they had Milrow throw for over 30 times. If you'd have told mm-hmm. me that before the game, I th- would have thought A&M won, won by 14 or something. I thought they would have Neither easily controlled the game. get the ball going on the ground. And no. I knew it would be tough. But and I knew both these defenses were damn good, but yep. freaking a man, it was just a club fest. The people trading blows and nobody landed anything huge. No, but like I want to give a shout out because we highlighted him last week. Edron Cooper is insane. We talk a lot mm-hmm. about Dallas Turner over at the other side of the field on at Alabama, but he had eleven tackles, six tackle for loss, or six solo tackles and three sacks. So he's yep. had now had three straight games with two plus sacks. That's an um, honorary helmet sticker right there. I don't know if you made the list. But that's been. an honorary. It honorary. We'll give it. We'll give it for, to him for Reese. Reese <laughs> yeah, could be with us today. We'll there you go, Reese. Reese. Helmet sticker. There you go. Um, but I think, yeah, both teams struggled to run the football. Uh, I thought Alabama needed to establish the run more, but apparently it was A and M who I think needed to rely on the run game a little more because I think it's because of just the limitations Max Johnson brings to the game compared to Jalen Milrow. Now I'm still not sold on it. I'll keep living on that every single week, but J- Johnson was just, he's just limited. He's just not as big of an athlete. Doesn't have as big of an arm as Milrow. And uh, in that case, he couldn't really get Muhammad going, couldn't get Stewart going. And I think that comes back to them struggling to run the football. Parks, this game, you were on A&M with us. Mm. I had under 46 and a half total at lands at 46. I needed a Alabama to quit trying to score. When you look at this one, if you look backwards, AM already with a loss at Miami. Which just lost think, a lot of weight, by the way. Yeah. And do you look at Alabama like maybe they are adapting a little bit? Maybe they're finding ways to win, and that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to out scheme, out coach people each week because maybe they don't have the offense that still hasn't gotten there, but they found what worked and they exposed it. Yeah, I feel like I'm kind of, and he's doing it, but I feel like Milrose almost silencing or starting to silencing the haters. I think he made some tremendous throws this game. I think he yep. also made his inconsistent throws, which we are very much used to, but he threw a touchdown pass in the corner of the end zone. That was an elite of the elite balls. Yeah. All he, weekend. he, he, elite so ball. the, the we did you guys miss the pass before that? He had that dude. Yeah, I think it was, it was terrible. He had Burton 10 yards ahead of him. Nobody in front of Burton overthrows him. Next play, he throws that corner of the end zone pass. It's just yeah, like I saw that. that this morning. <laughs> it was bad because I remember the guy I was watching with, with my father. He was like, "Oh, this kid can't throw. This is kid is an Alabama quarterback." And literally the next play, he threw that corner route, and I go, "Ooh, that's a silencer right there." I mean, that was an elite ball. I think he stepped into his shoes, but yeah, if Alabama can find their stride, which I'm sure they can, because they're coached by the greatest college football coach in the history of the sport. Uh, they're they're still going to be Alabama, man. It's it's a good team. It's a great win on the road. It was a great atmosphere, and Alabama's going to Alabama. If you assumed otherwise, I know LSU only has one conference loss, so take that for what you will. But I think it's the SC West still runs through Tuscaloosa. My one note I wrote down, and I thought this is bonkers. It to for both teams to get to twenty seven and twenty, A and M six sacks, Alabama five. That's a total of eleven sacks in this game. That's rough. That's usually if that happens, that on, games like seventeen ten. Yeah, I was gonna say I think that speaks on like how good both of those defensive lines are, so and in defenses as are really are, and yeah, I think that defense will keep Alabama in in this playoff push for sure throughout the year. Let's stay in the SEC, but let's go to the other division. Georgia pounds, throttles, obliterates, slaughters, murders. 
kills. And he, just find an adjective that works for this. Kentucky 51-13 and actually didn't even feel that close, if I'm being completely honest with you, even watching it back. This kind of got squares, too, with a lot of people who like getting pumped about Kentucky after a win against Florida and how tough Georgia looked at Auburn. And once again, here we sit on a Sunday looking back saying, Georgia's pretty fucking good, guys. No, conclusions. No. no. So this is this. Okay, so I've now been proven wrong by Alabama two or three times this year, which is fine. I am never gonna doubt Georgia. I haven't yet. I told you guys I've seen this movie a million times. Everybody was asking about Kentucky and what Kentucky brings, and I think Kentucky's a fine team. Like they're fine, but I was not going to doubt Georgia at home. And one of the things that really stood out to me is I think this is finally where everybody has been talking from that staff and, and kind of in that, that circle that this is where they say Carson Beck has a higher ceiling than Stetson Bennett because he definitely looked like it yesterday. He threw the ball really well, almost threw it for 400 yards, 35 passes. He looked like a almost like I don't know, a, a mid-level NFL quarterback, like a caliber mm-hmm. quarterback out of him. Uh, you knew that Devin Leary wasn't going to be able to put – that Kentucky team on his shoulders uh, if they couldn't get Ray Davis going and they didn't. Uh, so no, none of, none of what I saw yesterday from that game is surprising. And I still think Georgia is easily the best team in the country. Easily yeah. I don't think that's, that's hard to say at all. Right. I mean, this was pure dominance. I mean, Georgia had seven guys in the positive category for rushing and their leading rusher was 54. You want to talk about depth? That's the definition of depth. And then Carson Beck was great. I mean, Carson Beck, Beck, Finally stepped in to the shoes that he needed to fill. Got Georgia fans excited about him. Threw for three scores, over 300 yards, some elite balls. Carson Beck's fitting in, right? And then they just took it to this Kentucky team. Mark Stoops, that's a tough look because, you you know, you feel like Kentucky's on top of the world after last week and they roll in and it just wasn't even competitive at any point. Yeah, that that Kentucky team is still solid, but I'm still confused on how they – are approaching Leary and how they wanted to use him, right? Like, they're not relying on him. They're not throwing the whole offense on him, which I don't think was ever the plan, but it feels like you could be doing more with him, right? Unless they really don't like that receiver room or something else is going on, but they're not really putting which the ball in his hand. They even lose a game. They they were high on those receivers going into the year. I remember listening to to previews and, and some SEC guys. Like, this was – I think it was uh, Cole Kublik who said he heard that this was supposed to be the best receiver room Kentucky's had, and – that's just not. It doesn't not seem that close. Way. It doesn't seem they want to use it that way. Like no. they're not really giving them a chance to shine. Um, and you know, again, we're not coaching experts and we're not scheme experts, <laughs> so we're not going to like speculate what's going on. But it just seems. <laughs> shout out! <laughs> I will say shout out to shout out to new roommate Ty. He this weekend, dude. We, so we were watching. I think it was K State, and I think we were watching Liberty Thursday night. And we've already got it set out, guys. We're going to be a college football staff. Um, yep. And we've already got it planned out. He like he's gonna be the head coach. He said, "JP, me and you might have to dial up like calling plays. We might have to split it, or maybe I'm just the run game and you're the pass game." <laughs> uh, Parks and, and Colin, our other roommate Colin, you guys are gonna be like strength and conditioning guys or like motivational guys. Um, and then Reese, <laughs> Reese I be that. Reese can be like our, Reese can be our ops guy. You know, <laughs> can I get Parks, special teams. You, you could be a recruiter. You can be. Can I mean, special you, teams. Parks, you you could be a sale. You're a salesman. You can recruit. You're going to be our recruiter. All get right. Us, get us in a coaching staff. We're sick of watching too many coaches <laughs> overthink things. We're hey, sick of we watching. We can find a job. We can find a job. <laughs> we can go get Division three 
Singing all Valley State or something. <laughs> what kind of we need? We need some booster. We need some nil money in this bitch. <laughs> we'll find it. We'll find it. Hey, one more game we want to touch on for recaps. Let's go to Louisville, where Louisville beats Notre Dame 33-20. And, God, Notre Dame just can't get out of their own way with the schedule, man. <laughs> I mean, and it doesn't get any easier this week. Sam Hartman throws three picks. That's rough. Uh, not, yeah. not something you would have yeah. thought you'd see out of him. And uh, how about 46 total yards rushing for the Irish? Buddy, Sam Hartman, Sam Hartman can't win games at Louisville. He threw three picks last time he played there with Wake yeah, Forest. Too. I had money on that one last year. I remember that. That was brutal. God. That was like when Louisville scored like 45 nothing in the second half or something ridiculous like that. Hartman threw like three mm-hmm. picks in the second half alone. No, that's the one thing I was going to highlight, JP, was uh, the schedule gets harder and the offense isn't getting better. Uh, those are two recipes for a disaster. When when they can't get the run game going, you know this, this Louisville offense defense is that we know is not very good. Yeah. We know that Louisville defense isn't great, especially against the run. And that's what that's our bread and butter. That's what we do. We're Notre Dame. We run the football. We ground and pound. We control the offensive line. Forty six. Well, this this just goes back to in the spring when they were trying to get Utah's offensive coordinator, and they had to hire within, and they hired that was that Parker dude who was I think a tight ends coach if I'm not mistaken like it's like I love Notre Dame I think that they have the ability to be above the elite in college football but administration just like holds them back and I think it kind of reflected offensively this year I just they just don't have guys on the outside that are elite that would separate Notre Dame from their competition right now well let's go to the other side of the ball Louisville ran for 185 yeah, that also that was surprising. I, that's another thing I didn't see coming in this game. Like I was like, Louisville can hang around; they really could stay in this game and make it real close the entire time. But I wasn't going to see them only give up or give up less than seventy yards rushing in Notre Dame and then go over one hundred and fifty or whatever by themselves. That's crazy. Um, what do you, Parks? They got another tough game. The Irish this week. Are they just exhausted? I would think so. That I, I was looking back at their schedule. It's we say they they play an eighty five percent ACC schedule, but man, it is brutal. Back to back games on the road like that against good ACC opponents. I mean, honestly, I think one thing we got to mention is Jack Plummer should never ever leave Jeff Brom's side. He should be holding on to the inside yeah. of that guy's pocket his whole career <laughs> because he was great last night and this is the guy that's on his third school in five years: Purdue, Cal, and now Louisville. They look good. I wasn't sold on them. I thought Notre Dame was going to roll in there. They had been tested on the road, at home, well, and about, they just couldn't perform. Here's the thing with Notre Dame, too, that that is kind of an intangible that they always have to run into, is you know that every team, you're going to get their best shot. Like, oh, Duke yeah. and Louisville had night games, prime time, on the road. Like, everything was getting poured into that game. And now, is that an excuse for Notre Dame? Probably not, but, like, that they just that's what's going to happen like you're always in prime time you got all these night games like you're going to get everybody's best football every single yep. time you play somebody especially on the road i i think they're going to get their best football even if Notre Dame's at 5 and 6 going into the last week of the season yeah. it's just the brand that kind of pisses people off or makes people want to play big um so those are the big games from the weekend recaps another big weekend coming up let's touch on some upsets that happened quick georgia tech over Miami, I'm sure you've seen this one before. If you haven't, come not, on, baby. Wow, you've missed it. <laughs> Georgia Tech over Miami. And what the fuck are we doing, Mario? <laughs> done this That's grit. This is the second time he's done this. He did it yeah. in Oregon, too. Yeah. So I, 
I heard about that. I heard about that story at, at Oregon. I can't, I don't remember it, but apparently yeah, in 2018 to Stanford, he, Oh God. Like, I mean, what are we doing? Like, actually, what like, are we doing? Did, did I he ever, any other words than did, what I got, are we doing? I haven't looked at a press conference or anything. Did he ever make a comment about it or uh, ever say anything? Yeah. I, I, I saw the I press conference. What did I he, saw the press conference. What did he, did he, he have any explanation? Said, Dude, he used some very bad verbiage in his defense, which he shouldn't even have made in the first place. And then they basically re-asked him the same question, and then he just finally admitted it. Because the first time he was around, he was like, yeah, the situation, we tried to stabilize it and the critical care. Like, he tried to use all these big verbiage <laughs> words to where it just made sense, but yeah. it didn't. And then somebody asked the same question, and he goes, yeah, we should have took a knee. Admit you fucking Everybody up. knows, bro. Everybody knows, bro. Yeah. Just say it so they can write it in the paper. Come on. <laughs> Tough one. That, that's great. Big. No, no, no. JP, you don't fail to mention that's what? big for Georgia Tech bowl eligibility. That prediction, big. that's big that game. Big. To see. After, 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 after losing green, green. Yep. You needed that one, Parks. You got one back. That's you an even trade. That one. That's an even trade. We got life. Uh, <laughs> the Cowboys, Oklahoma State win in Stilly Wood over Kansas State as 11-point dogs. Big for the Big 12, tough for Kansas State, who still had a chance, I thought, was the second or third best team in the Big 12. It's tough to say now after that. They did not look great. They didn't look great from the start. And Oklahoma State came out firing. Alan Bowman, hey, man, here to play football. Yeah. That's what that guy does. What do you think, Schaefer? Yeah, well, I I don't think it's necessarily Bowman, but finally, like, Ollie Gordon ran like he's a top five running back in that conference. Like, they finally got the run game going that they – I think they rushed for like one yard attempt per attempt on on South Alabama, and yeah, last week or on Friday they rushed for like five yards to carry with Gordon. So that was crazy how that works. Yeah, that that they are making strides, much like um, my my team as well in that aspect. And man, Will Howard looked uh, I uncomfortable in in the pocket to say the least. I haven't seen I haven't seen that from uh, from him or, or a K State quarterback in, in a while, but. You knew it was going to be a weird game Friday night in in Stillwater. It's a blackout. Like you knew something <laughs> weird was going to happen. And man, man, oh man, K State had opportunities. They just don't. They don't have the receivers this year. Like I don't think Brooks is very good. Like he's like a slot guy, and he's supposed to be your number mm-hmm. one option. You got your boy Keegan Johnson, uh, JP, and he's very average. I just don't think they're not they don't have the weapons and and the, the run game struggled for them on the other side too yep. quickly let's touch on wyoming over fresno state the pokes sit atop the mountain west tied for the mountain west but they have a week chance this weekend to beat air force and sit alone top the mountain west what do you think of that as six and a half point dogs i mean again you don't go into laramie and just win football games they didn't nope. score in the second half and won this game if they win that game we're going to talk about Watch Wyoming out. like Watch we out. talked about Fresno State last week. So Fresno's probably out of that G5 uh, New Year's Six appearance. Wyoming goes yeah, and wins. They're the only loss right now is to Texas. So Air Force, just, I don't like their matchup this week. No, Air Force is a wagon. Absolutely. They're Air Force so is a wagon. <laughs> I, I liked Air Force from the start of the year. I liked them last year, and they continually just beat everybody into a pulp. To the last, last thing, Parks, I know this is just – this is interesting. USC over Arizona, not an upset. Could have been. Probably should have been. been. <laughs> Three. Yeah, overtime. I thought. I thought Caleb Williams' comments after the game were pretty interesting. Dude, you know, he was giving 
all hats. He's like all hats off to our defense. You know, <laughs> they kept us in this game. Like we were down seventeen nothing. What? What are you talking about? It's Arizona. You're Just a top ten team range. in the country. What do you? What, what do you mean? That was terrible. You guys were awful today. But uh, they got it done. It felt scripted. J- it did Schaefer feel sent scripted. maybe a. Maybe a fireball inspired text from Schaefer late night in group chat. <laughs> no, but at that point, buddies in it. It was tequila infused text. Uh, we were, <laughs> we, we, yeah, sorry, we were switching it up last night. But man, that game was just messy, and in watching it at one o'clock in the morning seemed very appropriate for that time slot. <laughs> I don't know why you, to, want, you wouldn't want to watch that sober. You had yeah. that crazier. Nope. To have to have a boom cup roaming around in your tummy <laughs> while watching that game had to have been vile. I don't know how you didn't see that. Like I would have thrown up watching that game. Bill Walton smiling somewhere. We tweeted about it last night. But t- you want to talk about Pac-12 after dark? That was the specialty right there. That was ugly football all around. I started like oh. dying out laughing. Like I was seriously laughing. Watch. Like I thought it was a comedy. Like like I told JP. It was like Friday Night Lights effort trying to tackle. Uh, like it was a TV show. We they were actually like just letting them run by. And the kicker, how about the kicker on the on the last attempt before to try to win the game from 20 yards? They botch the snap. The kicker runs up to the ball. Charlie Browns it, keeps, keeps his leg back. He was just going to try to stand still kick it anyways. Like, the holder the holder was doing full back squat, like catcher stand. And then, the, then after it gets blocked, they just pan over to the long snapper who's just on the ground just laying there like he's dead. I don't know. Somehow the long snapper got killed. I was like, oh, oh my, my God. That, that one was – there's not a lot of words for that. <laughs> let's, get, let's get to the mid three, though. Let's, let's mild it back out. Like, let's go back to mild football, average football. Nebraska with a win on Friday night. They also play the same night as Oklahoma State, Kansas State. Parks, you were watching this one thoroughly. What did you see? I saw very, very ugly Big Ten West football. It was beautiful in every way, shape, and form as normal. Um, but I was a little disappointed. I mean, it feels great to win at this point that Nebraska's at with how they've been. Any win feels great, especially in conference on the road. But I think it would have felt even better if we would have won by a touchdown or maybe even more because we should have. I mean, we left a lot of points out there. Um, We had the ball inside the 30 three times, didn't score. I won't blame the missed kick on Alvano, our kicker, because of the bad hold. It was a terrible hold. Laces in facing the opposite direction. It was terrible. But our offense, man, some of the times the play calling looks bad. But then we shoot ourselves in the foot, man. We had a ton of penalties, a lot of procedural penalties. Um, we had a really bad a senior committed a, a unsportsmanlike conduct after the play. Moves us 15 yards back out of the red zone. We don't. We have to punt. It's it's crazy. So uh, a lot of things to clean up. But any win feels good, especially in conference on the road. And the Big Ten West is wide open. You never know, baby. I you never know. I like to I like to pat myself on the back when I'm right sometimes. So I'm man enough to admit that Illinois. Uh, Big Ten West God, champion prediction <laughs> might have been my worst prediction of all time. I thought I had them as my dark horse. So I thought they'd be really. Yeah, they, they are. are they're bad. horrible. They're horrible. At least, at least Nebraska did like won this game against Illinois because this is what they did with Minnesota, a team I think they're better than, and they ended up losing. So it switched a little bit this time. Parks they stayed in the lead, and may, maybe they didn't pull away like they should have, but they won that game this can, time. Yeah, I'm gonna steal a, a line that I actually heard on. 
Nebraska radio. Nebraska radio is huge after games. I don't know. I was going to ask you guys, do you guys have that? Like Iowa state and Iowa fans, do yeah. you like listen to a radio show after where people call in? You, you mm-hmm. can. I don't okay, really good. listen to that anymore. Oh, but dude, you got it. It's great. <laughs> Some of the people that call in are just such asshole idiots <laughs> and it is just gold. But I, I liked one thing. Uh, one guy said, he said, everybody wants everything microwaved and nobody's okay with the crock pot. And I, like that. <laughs> that's a good one. That's yeah, a good, it's good, right? And so we are uh, very slowly progressing steps. And I think JP hit the nail on the head where if we would have done that against Minnesota, we we win that football game. So can uh, I ask? Good point. Does does Northwestern beat Illinois this year? A real chance. Real if chance. They, uh, Northwestern beat Howard by three last week. Yeah. Or this week. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. That, that, that's what I was about to say. It's not, I, it's not still not every man. <laughs> Iowa beats Purdue. And I don't have a ton to say on this one because – Man, I mean, just every single time we're in control of a game, even if the offense isn't great, we still give the other team a chance to win. We'll give them the ball left with 45 seconds or a minute. Just let's go put them away, get a couple first downs, and let's roll. Instead, we run the ball three times into a 10- or 11-man box, punt it away, give them a chance to win it. You win, you get away with it, whatever. It happens, it works, it's fine. The running backs look good. The offensive line looked good at times. Deacon Hill looked rough. Yeah, missing can, a lot of can I passes. can I ask? Was his stat line as bad? I didn't watch the game. Was his stat, oh, his stat line was so bad? Was it as bad? Did he play as bad as as his stat line looked? Um, he I Six looking back at it again. Yes, it was that bad. Yes. I will say the interception wasn't his fault. The interception went off a dude's face mask. He threw it to him and went through his hands, hit him in the face mask, went up in the air, and they picked it off. Um, but he missed open um, flag patterns off to the tight end. That's bread and butter. Stuff in the flat. Just easy stuff that you kind of look at and you go, that's got to be made. So, yeah, he looked rough. Um, Purdue's not bad, but Iowa is. Receive. It's like I don't think we're a good football team. Receiving. Really. Eric All had five catches. Caleb, he played really well. Caleb Johnson really had well. one. The receivers, yep. yet again. Go another week Drop. without a catch. Drop. <laughs> Missing him open. Yeah, it was rough the whole time. Um, Deacon Hill does not look like a power five athlete. I'll say that too. Like when you look at him in uniform, looks, do you think that he's like – Sometimes he looks guy? like he can sling it and he's just a gunslinger. And then other times it's like he came in as a passer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, six completions and gunslinger yeah. are usually not in the same sentence. <laughs> no, that, that defense is still really good though. Again, not – Elite has it has been because there's so many superstars on years past, but it's still a good team. Ten point dogs going to Wisconsin. By the way, I guessed this yesterday. I had somebody I was at a wedding with. I was like, he's like, what do you think the line is for Iowa at Wisconsin next week? And I go, eight, nine around there. And he goes, I think it'll be like four. And I'm like, Nope. It's gonna be up there. And it came out at ten. I think it's down to nine, nine and a half. But it's like it's, these people don't even watch the games. It's like have you yeah. have you even paid attention to what Iowa brings to the table offensively against had, Wisconsin? Yeah. So like come on. It's not great. And do they know and do they know that it's they take statistics into factor? Like it's not yeah. just yeah, history in the match. I had to try to tell somebody that yesterday. I, I don't remember who I was talking to, but they're like, I can't believe someone so numbers. I go, dude, it's metrics. It's not like Johnny's watching at the sports book every yeah, I was thinking, like, you know what? he's trying to figure out what the precise line is. I wish somebody would open a sports book and that's what they did, just watch the game and threw out a line. I wish somebody did that. <laughs> they get murdered. So much. <laughs> oh man. I would have a blast with that. I'd, I'd take them for their house. Uh, let's go to the last three game. Iowa State beats TCU. Schaefer. Yes, sir. Has six-point dogs, right? Uh, I think it closed it, yeah, five or six. 
Somewhere around there you that go. ballpark. Talk about it. Hey. I'm not going to talk about it. Go uh, ahead, man. Yeah, I didn't know if you were going to elaborate <laughs> on it more. No, there's uh, – I mean, it was nice to see a few things. I mean, for them to take advantage of defensive turnovers and opportunities on that side of the ball was nice, but they still kind of gave up a lot of yards that I'm really comfortable with. I I just think I still don't love our defensive line. I don't think it's very good. I don't think three guys can play every single down all four quarters and expect to have – good results um they really i thought tcu should have ran the ball more than they did uh but we did get after morris and we made him uncomfortable um having a safety back that we've been missing the last couple of weeks really brings back uh that secondary um that can hold on its own when the defensive line struggles to get pressure so to get him back fill in that spot is, is huge offensively to see us run the ball and be as physical as we did running the football was just really nice on the eyes from from some of the football I've watched um the last few weeks uh even got a freshman to bust out a 50 yard run um stuff like that so that was awesome I don't think the defense has fixed anything really but I mean I look at this week and I don't see why this team can't expect to go into Cincinnati and, and win that football game from what I've watched from Cincinnati so uh two point dogs I think I saw is the four. open it's four and a half four yeah 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 I saw the wrong line. That is not close. <laughs> yep. Nope. But um, I, they're, they're, I mean, I think outside of Baylor, I think this team will be underdogs in every game the rest of the way. I think. Unless they really start it'll to turn be, it around. It'll be interesting. Let's go to our biggest takeaways of the weekend. Parks, you put yours in the document first. You go ahead. Tell us about it. Yeah, so I was just kind of thinking about the sport in general because I love it so much. There's, I mean, there's nothing better, especially this weekend. I don't know if it was around the country where everybody's listening, but the chill in the air, then college game day, and then college football. I mean, come on, man. that That's brick material. And it's it's week to week. It's the most confusing sport there is. It's nothing like the NFL where everybody beats everybody. Most pro sports, college basketball, right? You have your upsets were very common, but like, especially this year, like nobody's taking Georgia to do what they did this weekend crazy because of Kentucky, what just what they just did. Like it's so open. It's almost impossible to guess on seasons. I think the most accurate prediction we have left is like Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State all being very dominant within the conference. But I mean, it's so wide open. It's great. It's the most unpredictable sport and you never know what's going to happen. And just like the beginning of the Oklahoma and Texas game, it was a mess, and it's beautiful. It was a beautiful, beautiful mess, and that's what this sport is. What a beautiful mess I'm in is actually a really good country song. Look it up. Oh, what God. a beautiful mess. Uh, literally, you, just, you literally just sang the lyrics. You have no idea you did it. <laughs> I want to – Schaefer. Yeah, I want to bounce off uh, JP or Parks's because mine kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with it, and I don't want to really feel like I'm stealing this from – from I, JP, you've heard this on, on Pate's podcast, but – I feel like it needs to be reiterated, especially in the betting world now, is that don't bet on what you saw the week before. Like I, I used to do that when I first got into betting. Like I, I was just very rational about that. And like if I saw Georgia Tech lose to Bowling Green last week, I'm like, oh, Georgia Tech's losing by 30 this week to at Miami. Like there's no way. How can a team that loses – like? Just because of what you saw one week before or the one football game you've watched on a team, don't like bring that into your betting uh, predictions for, for the rest of the year. Like You can watch a team or statistically kind of keep track of a team to see if they're that bad, but there's a reason why lines are the way that they are. So that would be my only 
my piece of advice, especially, you know, if you see a team lose some terrible game uh, week one week and you think they're just going to get killed the next week and they end up winning. So if all through all that rambling, I don't know if does that kind of make sense? My, it makes, oh, sense. It makes 100% it makes sense. I tell myself the I tell myself the same thing. I still do it, but I agree 100 percent. Yeah. By the way. What a beautiful mess by Diamond Rio. If you want to look that up for you, but I agree with that. My biggest takeaway, though, is not every team looks like themselves at the start of the year, or maybe not even after four or five weeks. Maybe not after week six. Like every team takes a different amount of time to get to their one hundred percent or to their A game, and so I think we've seen that with Georgia, uh, Michigan, the last couple of weeks, and different teams. Maybe we haven't seen the best Ohio State yet. You would kind of hope so with the way they've looked, but everybody gets to their spot differently. And that was my biggest takeaway is it takes time. Like even if a team brings back uh, 20 of 22 starters, it takes time to get there. Let's go to our helmet stickers. I'm going to lead off here. I had Jermaine Burton from Alabama, nine receptions for 197 yards and two touchdowns and was Milrose number one target. He's the one that burnt the Aggie defense deep. He was the one they found um, constantly open and making big plays down the field. And so I'll do Jermaine Burton. Who's had a couple Bigger plays and bigger games this year. I'm not going to say he's gone ballistic each week, but he has been good when they needed him deep. Yeah, that was that's a good pick because that's the Jermaine Burton they've been wanting since they mm-hmm. got him last year from LSU. Like they've needed him to be the guy. They want him to be the number Georgia. one guy. Georgia. Georgia. Thank you. Yeah. Georgia. It was one or the other. Um, you bet. But yeah, that's that's they need that guy at a consistent basis if they want to win a national championship this year. Parks to you. Yeah, mine is – got to put an asterisk next to it because we know this USC is defensive struggled. But to be a quarterback at the University of Arizona in the times of football that they are in and put on a performance like this, you got to be mentioned in some sort of spotlight. Um, mine's going to Noah Fafita from Arizona. Their starting quarterback went 25 for 35 for 303 yards and five scores. He only threw one pick, but to roll into the number nine team's uh, house on the road and put up a performance like that with – I'm not – undermining Arizona because you obviously saw that they put up a fight, but with the weapons that Arizona has versus the highly touted recruits that USC gets on the defensive side of the ball is nothing but impressive. So shout out to him. What a performance. I wish they would have got it done because that would have stirred up the college football world even more. 100%. I'll say Jacob Cowling for, for Arizona, the receiver spot. He's, he's really good, but no, I, I agree. They shouldn't have, they don't have nearly the athletes that USC does. Um, Schaefer, finish it up. Yeah, for mine, I'm going to go Mr. DJ Uyungle. Uh 19 to 25, 275 yards, five touchdowns on zero picks. They got themselves into a tricky spot at Cal where, for some reason, they didn't know how to stop Cal, which is the opposite of what you'd expect from great going Oregon into State week. team. <laughs> no, not great, but that was pleasantly surprising to see the offense like pick up the slack. And without like pounding it on the ground, like they got their rush yards, they they rushed the ball fine. But to see DJ lead this team through the air and put up 52 when they need to on a tricky road spot, that was that was impressive to me. That was that was awesome to see for for him. So that's my uh, helmet sticker of the week. And then we'll give Reese one. I'm sure we'll text him, ask him. If not, we have didn't one we great for we just we just was uh, Edron Cooper. For Texas A&M, yeah, we can do or, that. Yeah. Or should we give him Dylan Gabriel to save our ass? I feel like if we don't get <laughs> yeah, that, that's going to be the first time. He, he should probably do that. Since he picked Oklahoma, 
I'll let that slide. Yeah. Yeah. We'll give him Dylan Dylan Gabriel. Perfect. Okay. Save us a little bit. All right. Uniform of the week. I, I didn't go anything crazy. I didn't go deep into the well for mine. I picked Wyoming. I thought about this though. They they wore their classic home uniform and it looks great every time, but they won a big game against Fresno state. And it's not going to get talked about a ton. It's a ranked win at home in Laramie against the top of the mountain West. So let's give them some love elsewhere. You know, did did they wear the white helmets? Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't, I like when they, what are you thinking of? Brown a while ago? Yeah, they've they, worn brown in a while, have they? They no, I'm no. saying I'm, I'm saying I wish they would go to like a brown or a gold helmet with with instead of the I white. Think the white looks good though. Like the white like logo with a yellow outline doesn't look as sharp as yeah. a white lid with a brown and yellow. Outline. Yeah. That in my opinion, but it doesn't look bad. No. It never looks bad. No. I would agree with that. Shaver, you want to talk about yours for are you let's go with you last. Let's do you last. Parks, let's go to you. <laughs> Yeah, I went with kind of an outside-the-box one that I saw late in the day yesterday. Got it tweeted out, but Louisiana Lafayette rolled in to their, I want to say, upset win over North Te- over Texas State and rolled out a sweet 2023 Adidas all-black uniform logo incorporated on the sleeves, on the helmet clips. The details on this thing were nasty. They had the raised visor zip codes on the front of their helmet. Um, the American flag raging Cajun down the side of the helmet. It just looked nice. Super clean look. Big red letters abbreviated in the metallic silver on the mm. outside. Look it up. It's a beautiful, great uniform, and that's why they won. I'm going to tell you that right now. That's why they won. You can't roll out in that and lose. So good uniform. Some would say that the clones won due to their uniform they were wearing. You want to talk about it? Oh, I was before I got into that, I was going to throw Reese. Reese won, maybe, but maybe we could save that for after mine. Um, sure. I'll talk about the, the Iowa state one. Yeah. I like, and I said in my notes, like, who do you think I'm going to pick this week? Number one, everybody knows I've, I've gone on this podcast and, and talked about how I'm a huge sucker for, for throwbacks. And this was about as, about as throwback as you could do, uh, going back a hundred years to honor, um, Jack Trice when he played his last game for Iowa state. So just a really cool touch. Still have not gotten my hands on any sort of Ames gear, accessories mini helmets nothing which disappoints me um but i i definitely need to it was an awesome look i kind of hope we adopt that 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 brand to use it every year i don't know about every year like like somebody said when i was listening to it, it was an awesome touch it was awesome last night they had fireworks going it was it was really cool um, but I don't want them to like overdo it i don't want them to kind of do it every year the 100 year anniversary like lean into the aims though yeah, yeah. See, that's that was that's what I'm saying. I kind of want them to get into the Ames brand somehow. I don't know exactly how they would do it, but did you guys see on on College Game Day where they were talking about the uniforms? And I don't remember how it went. The lady said, "Yeah, back in the back a hundred years ago, they used to be called the Ames, like the Iowa State, the Ames." Like she fumbled the words. Like instead of Cyclones, she thought our school nickname was the Ames. Like she said it incorrectly or she, she just knew the said she that she thought thing. like like that was what our master arrest her. I got that's to rough. find it and send it to you guys after this, but man, that's right. She's like Iowa State when they used to be called the Ames. Just the until Ames. they bring <laughs> until they bring the physical cyclone back into the logo. The tornado bird will never be good. Yeah, the spinning chicken. Yeah, no, until they bring the actual cyclone back, it'll never be the same. That, that, the, the brand it looks more better. like a chicken than it does like a hawk or an eagle. It's a spinning chicken. It looks nice. I don't know how the blue would go over well with everybody, but. They don't have to go back to the blue. 
no, but the logo itself. Did you have one you're gonna throw Reese Jaffer? I was what did you guys think of? I liked Miami's uh Oh the Miami night uniforms yeah, those were nice. Those were pretty slick. We can Tough get, way to <laughs> look good. Look good. Don't play good. <laughs> look good. Could have could have played better. Yep. Could have taken a knee. Played better. That that'd be a pretty good saying for the old uniform page. Parks looked good. Could have played better. I think they were so good, good. that Cristobal was like, "Man, those are good." Wait, what? A, shit. We're, no, we're not running the ball. What are we doing? Shit. <laughs> I think he was he down. I think he got. Did we admit that? I heard he was down, or I saw he videos. Was he was. It looked like his elbow was down. You don't deserve it, though. It but that's my whole thing. Like you don't. Des- if you're doing that dumb shit, you don't deserve it. Like I don't care if you're down or not. Bad luck. Let's go to dog's dog. Last thing we'll recap before closing this thing out. Parks are with the revitalization. The with the re- I'm back in the race, baby. Bit, bet on his own team gets an outright W with Nebraska. I missed by half a. I should have bet on my own team. Damn it. I missed hey, by half a point. Marshall shoot. loses by seven, not six, and I lose at six and a half. Uh-huh. It was demoralizing. And they were winning most of the game. Demoralizing. Parks alone winner there. Parks and Schaefer now sit atop the standings at six. I've won Me two. Recent four. We're a little bit of a cold streak. I'm like two and four, but I've won two outright. So I'm still yeah, sitting. I'm tied hey, That's first. what we're here for. <laughs> here for the money lines. It's It's been rough. I got to figure it out. I can't lose four straight. We got to lock in. It's a big week for us. Soul searching. I wanted a bigger one. I should have just like stayed with something easy, and I didn't, and I just panicked, panicked. But everything else went well. The dog's dog went awful. All the other best, best bet hit by a billion with Michigan. Just yep. can't do the dog. Figure, got to figure that out. Anything else to touch on before we wrap up? Oh, this week, double episode this week. Parks and I will actually not be on the episode. We are traveling for work. We're not going to be able to record. So it'll be Schaefer and Reese taking us home. And running the whole thing. Reese isn't here today. He's it's wild. He's getting it's wild. Week. He's getting pressed, but he's get, he's getting prepared yeah. for his his work. He's actually his out on Tuesday. Apparently. Yeah, but that'll be the plan for the week. That'll come out Thursday as well. Super happy to get into the college football. I think next week's going to be awesome. Can't wait to watch it, recap it, have a great preview, Schaefer. I hope it goes yeah. awesome. Tell Reese that we, I'm you, sure guys, I, you guys still are going to give us. You got to give us your best bets and your dogs, dogs, so we can we'll, let the people we'll know. be listening. So let the people know. You know, I don't know. Don't act like you, we're not. How do you think? Too. How do you think Reese will do getting thirty carries a game rather than his regular <laughs> ten that he gets? Thirty carries. Yeah, it's, a lot, it's a lot for a back. I don't. I don't. I don't know if his legs are ready. <laughs> you got to be prepared. <laughs> Good news is he's got a lot of travel time. He can just get it all done prior. But he's he's got a lock in. It's a big week for the young man. Big week. Big time. Awesome. All right, Schaefer. How about you take us away? Play it. <laughs> <laughs>